I'm Victoria, and this podcast is all about running, marathon training, and run coaching. It is packed with useful tips to help you grow as a runner. I am a 13-time Boston qualifier and mom of two who started running as an adult. I learned a lot on my journey, and in 2014, I launched an online run coaching business to help other runners. Now, we employ several run coaches and are one of the largest online run coaching companies. We teach you the secrets to reaching your potential in the sport of running. We give real talk discussing personal stories of injuries, setbacks, and PRs. Think of this as a conversation with serial marathoners who share the lessons that we learned along the way. This is the Run for PRs podcast. How many miles per week should you run? Running mileage. This can be a tricky topic because more mileage usually is better, but only to a certain point. I wish it were as easy as just run more mileage and you're going to get faster. Most people would be Olympic athletes if that were the case, right? If you could just run more and instantly get faster. But there are so many other factors that are going to determine how fast you become. And mileage is not something that's just going to guarantee that you see improvements. Just because you're putting in 60, 70 mile weeks does not mean you're going to run, you know, like a Boston qualifying time. It's sometimes it's just not going to get you the results that you're expecting that it's going to get. You need to run the right type of workouts and you need to be making sure you're running the right mileage for you as an athlete. So today we're going to be chatting a little bit about how you find your mileage sweet spot, how to increase your mileage, and when you should perhaps back off your mileage. And so that's a lot, right? How do we know if you're running too many miles? And so earlier in the intro, I talked about 60, 70 mile weeks. Most recreational athletes are probably never going to run 60, 70 mile weeks because it's not super productive, right? We want to run the right amount of miles that's going to allow you to be consistent, first of all. And second of all, allow you to see improvements, right? So I know it's really easy to get sucked in that trap of more equals better, but what happens sometimes is athletes will increase their mileage and they'll see improvements. Then they continue and continue and you kind of get caught up in this, the more is better approach. And then all of a sudden you're running a ton of miles, but you're not getting faster. And that's something that happened to me about six or seven years ago now, is I got caught in that trap, right? I qualified for Boston for the first time, and that was a direct result of increasing mileage, doing more workouts, those those sort of things. But there's this law of diminishing returns, and after a certain point, running more actually became counterproductive because I wasn't able to recover properly between sessions, and it was just overloading, and it was almost like digging a hole, right? And so I had to eventually dig myself out of that hole and figure out the right mileage for me. So sometimes that's what happens when athletes find their weekly mileage sweet spot is they'll maybe do a little bit too much and then they'll say, okay, I actually was thriving more on a little bit less. So let me dial it back. Um, And that's really where you'll find that mileage sweet spot. We're also gonna be talking about how to increase your mileage, right? So I did say kind of at the beginning is having that mileage increase is really what helped me qualify for Boston. It's usually what helps athletes at the beginning of their running journey, the first five, six, seven years you're running, um, making those increases and being able to consistently run 
X miles per week and then like increasing that over time definitely yields great results, right? So we actually improve as runners when we stress our aerobic system and when we improve our aerobic base. And so obviously that comes with a lot of running and doing easy mileage. So there is a time and place for increasing your mileage. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about how you know if it's time. So Jason, talk to me a little bit about when an athlete comes to you, how do you assess what their current weekly mileage is? Because I know not everyone's running exactly 30 miles per week or 20 miles per week. It can really vary from week to week. So if you look back historically, how do you really assess where an athlete currently is with their mileage? That's a good question. I would say almost 80% of athletes that we get coming to us, they if we look back at their, let's say, previous six weeks of training, um, like you mentioned, the, the weekly mileage may look kind of varied, right? So maybe they had a good week and then like a down week and then maybe kind of an in-between week. And so, um, you know, there's just a small chunk of runners that we work with who are pretty consistent. Like they try to run, you know, always within like five or 10 miles each week. And so those types of runners, I would say it's a little bit easier, I think, to build mileage with because they've been consistent for longer. Um, the other runners who have sort of been, let's say their variation from their lowest mileage week to their highest is like 20 or 30 miles. Um, then we need, need to focus more on like getting them consistent for a while. And so we might sort of look at um, what was kind of their highest mileage week and see what they were able to handle and then just kind of start them off around that. Um, it obviously will depend on the time frame that we're working with as well as, you know, any race goals that they have. Right. And there's so many factors that go into that consistency piece. Like I know sometimes there's uncontrollable things that happen, like your schedule changes, um, or you get sick or obviously like the weather, or if you're not allowed access to like a gym to use a treadmill and there's ice outside, those sort of things definitely play into that. But I do think you can kind of look at like a six to eight week training stretch of an athlete and kind of assess, okay, what is the average that you're usually doing? Right. And let's say a couple of weeks were down, a couple of weeks were high. I just take the average and I say, okay, you are averaging about 25 to 30 miles a week. And that's going to be the starting point. Even if you had one or two weeks in there where you did hit 45 or 40, um, but then you didn't run for a whole week or you took two weeks of like 10 mile weeks, um, the thing that I'm looking for is how can we get you to be the most, most consistent because training always tells a story, right? So if you did run for, if every time you're running like 45 mile weeks, you end up like getting sick after, or something flares up on you, mm -hmm. um, that's your body kind of telling you, okay, this is a little bit too much for where we're at right now. Um, maybe let's try to back off. So I think it's almost better to be at that maybe more moderate mileage range on the lower end and be consistent than to try to run as many as we possibly can. Um, and I had an athlete mm -hmm. recently who kind of took a break and went to another coaching company, but she, when she was working with them, they wanted her to like run as many miles as possible. Let's really toe the line of what you're physically capable of doing. And doing that, um, it was it was working well, but once she got sick and like the recovery from that, it's like she was getting sickness after sickness after sickness. And eventually you just realized like it was her body telling her something and that she realized she kind of needed to like back off and not be pushed into that 
um, that range of like stress because once you kind of are overloading with stress, that's when we start to see injuries. That's when we start to see burnout. That's when we start to see people getting sick a lot. And back when I did have that stint where I was running too many miles, right? I was getting sick a lot and I just thought that was like normal. I thought that people just got sick and that was like a normal thing. Like you got sick multiple times a year. Um, but I didn't pair the two together that my illnesses were coming almost directly after like a week of hard mm-hmm. training and that if I would have just listened to my body a little bit more that I wouldn't have gotten as sick um, or I would have been able to like fight off these viruses that I came into contact with um, easier. So I think that's something definitely to look out for. So if you're someone that's getting like sick a lot or if you are um, – unable to string together a solid six weeks of training because like something's always flaring up like your calf or your hamstring Mm -hmm. Um, or if you're just feeling burnt out in general so if you're just feeling like you don't have motivation that sort of thing um, that can be a sign of maybe doing a little bit too much when you do ramp up yeah I mean you said a lot of good things there and you know for starters when we work with a new athlete, I liked how you mentioned kind of starting them at what their average was over the last six weeks. Sometimes that can be hard to, to gauge if we don't see that their previous runs uploaded somewhere. Right. But, you know, we're kind of going off what they say on their intake form. Um, but if you're someone that's kind of unsure, like how much should I be running from week to week? Yeah, use that as a pretty good guideline. Like look at what has been your average over the last month or two and start there. And then these, these gradual uh, mileage increases should be a progression. So you shouldn't just – and I see this a lot too where people, they – they do a training cycle where they maybe average like 40 miles a week, right? And so then they take some time off and they come back and they got another race on their calendar. Maybe it's three, four months from now. And they want to jump back into running like 40 right away and like build up even higher this time because they think they should do more, right? So that's very common as well. Um, and in some cases, that's okay to do if they were running consistent, you know, in between the, the off season and whatnot. But for a lot of runners, they're not super consistent. And so you're kind of having to gain back that fitness that was maybe lost. And so... Um, there's nothing wrong with starting at you know 20 or 30 and then working your way back up to 40 and so i think it really just there's so many pieces to the puzzle in order to figure out like where you should be and how quick you should build yeah mileage is a very interesting thing because i think with these technological advances and all of the social media that's out there now you can just hop onto someone's Strava page and see literally what they've done for weekly mileage for the last i think it's like 12 weeks you just kind of tap and you can see their graph and everything Um, and I think there's maybe some good in that, but a lot of, there's like this numerical thing that can start Mm -hmm. to happen where people get really obsessive with numbers. Um, and sometimes when athletes will come to our site and they fill out like the athlete intake form, they'll say, yeah, like I'm running, well, I'll say how many days per week are you running? And they'll say like three to four. Um, and then it says like, what's your average weekly mileage? And they're like, oh, about like 40 to 50. And (laughs) if you just do the math in your head, you're like, well, that would mean every run you're doing is between like 10 to 15 miles. Um, if that's really, right. but I think, they, right. They just, peak, right. Yeah. Or it's like, they just know that those numbers are like round, even numbers. It's always like focusing on this even, um, number. And I think there's something to be said that our brains really like round, even numbers, mm-hmm. right? Like whenever people say they have like a marathon goal, they'll always be like, Oh, my goal is sub four or like sub three or sub three thirty, whatever. Um, they have these round number goals, which can be a fun way to motivate you, but sometimes it can also become like this fixation. So maybe you want to run more miles than you ever have, or maybe you really want to hit 
40 miles a week. Maybe you really want to hit 50 miles a week, 60 miles a week. But what I have found is when people kind of ignore that weekly mileage number, don't pay as much of attention to it and just focus more so on the process, listening to their body, all of those things is when you can really flourish with your marathon training results. One of my athletes, we did an athlete spotlight on her earlier this year. She went from a 353 marathon to a 319. We actually didn't really increase her mileage at all between those two. All we did was work on consistency, work on quality workouts, um, and really that was the only thing, right? So we just improved her speed and then her aerobic base over time build. She didn't really mm-hmm. need to run more miles. And when we looked back at her training for that 319 marathon training cycle, we actually realized that her highest mileage week was 49 miles. And so she broke that temptation of like, oh, I have to run at least 50, right? She literally mm-hmm. landed at 49. And I know other people who We'll kind of do a plan numbers like that like ben johnson um he has a very large right. social media following he's like a two ish, i don't even know 230 something yeah, marathoner um but he will often do like a run and he'll pause his garment at like 7.99 or 9.99 and it's more just to say like hey we don't need to have these round numbers it just don't get so fixated on yeah rounding things out where you lose sight of what you're really doing and why. Yeah. You know, I think back to like pre Garmin days, um, and my training, like in college and stuff, especially like in the off season when when I'm running alone, you know, the, we had no idea really how far you're running unless you kind of knew the, the distance from like a route around your house or whatnot. But, um, you would just kind of go out. Yeah. You would time your run. So you kind of have an idea you could gauge it, but you were focused more on like the consistency aspect, like how many days a week should I be running? So I knew in the off season, I should be running five to six days a week, right? That's what I knew I should do in order to stay consistent. So it's kind of like, um, you know, if you're coming off a break, you probably want to just get back to running, I don't know, three to four days a week and then like slowly increase it to five and then slowly increase to six. You don't want to just like up it so quickly. And so, um, you know, we, and then like you mentioned, listening to your body too. So there might've been days where, um, you know, we did have a general plan we should follow, like, you know, run like 30 minutes this day, 40 minutes this day, but you could easily just cut it short if you're feeling like crap one day and then, you know, and then go longer the next day. And so I think that's really important too, as opposed to just like powering through to meet that round number or to get to mm-hmm. that mile mileage total that you think you need on that day. There's a lot to be said with listening to your body. And I think people were really good about that pre-Garmin because mm-hmm. there wasn't like social media to kind of like post your splits or your distance total. No one really knew it. Um, you know, I did keep a diary and like Nike running back then just to kind of, just for my own like curiosity. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just interesting how we've evolved over time. It is really interesting. And when you bring that up, I think that could be a really good way that people set goals for themselves, right? So sometimes people will say, you know, having a goal of running 30 or 40 miles in a week, that helps motivate me to like get out there. But it could be as simple as I'm going to run four days this week, or I'm going to run on like Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever. Um, It could just be a different way of framing things up. So you saying during the off season, I knew I had to run four to five days a week. You probably had those days mapped out in your head and you would get out the door and try to do something on those days. And since you didn't have a Garmin and no one was going to be checking to see, oh, did Jason, you know, and you weren't playing that comparison game of like your other teammates uploading these runs. And there is such a psychological factor that's involved with that, um, where you can kind of get into these weird competitions or 
just the subconscious mind knowing that someone is going to be like looking. Um, I often see on Strava people will have like justifications for cutting a run short or why their paces are off or something, um, which I always find really interesting because it's like, you know, no one, you don't need to justify that you cut a workout short. Um, you don't need to have like an excuse or a reason. Just do it because you were listening to your body and that's the smartest thing that you can be doing. Um, just having that autonomy with your running, I think is huge. And I know back in college, we kind of had similar coaches. Um, but yeah, the coaches would be like, okay, go out for a 30 or 40 minute run. You just have your little Timex and you could really go as slow or as fast as you wanted. And often people did from my memory, a lot of people did just do the 30 minutes. Like they would do the minimum or Mm -hmm. sometimes even less than that. And that was about listening to their bodies and doing what was right for them. Um, and there wasn't any sort of like device where things were being uploaded and you could sit there and compare and play all these number games. Um, And that's why sometimes people on Instagram will message and say, I turned my Strava on private and it's been like a really big game changer for my training and my running because I'm not constantly comparing or I'm not always feeling like I need to prove myself or whatever sort of feelings that they are having. Yeah, I think one of the, the keys to increasing mileage over time is to really limit your time off and, and that way you're more consistent year round. So, you know, at the end of our season, we would take like a full week or two weeks off, but then we would start running again, like four days that first week, then five days for the next few weeks. And then you just kind of build it back up to six, six days a week. So, um, you know, by the time we come to fall, it was very obvious, like who, who trained in the summer versus who kind of got lazy or didn't train because they were working too much or whatever the reason. Right. And so, it's kind of the same, and I coach college athletes too, and I, I could really tell based on, mm-hmm. you know, who came in the season in shape, just from getting there, you know, we didn't do workouts all summer, it was basically just um, just bulk, easy mileage. And so, same thing goes for adults, you know, if you have a long gap between like your racing season or whatnot, you know, just not allowing that time to be more than a few weeks off and getting back to running consistently, because that's really the key, if you ever want to increase your mileage over time or a BQ, if that's a long-term goal, um, I think it's important that you're you're just kind of staying consistent and you don't need to always have something on the calendar. Um, but like you said, frame it up differently f- to keep you motivated. Like don't focus so much on the mileage, maybe focus on just getting out the door, you know, four days this week or whatnot. Or for one run, it's going to be an hour, right? And the other runs, I'll just run 30 minutes or something like that. Right. And I think that's really important to note the consistency piece. And so that's how you're really going to find that mileage sweet spot is realizing like what sort of mileage can I actually be consistent with? And it can be hard to come to that realization that maybe you're not really where you wanted to be or your mileage just isn't where you thought it was. Um, But again, just try not to like judge it, try not to compare because it's just really like where your starting point is or it's just where you are right now. Um, So you're going to want to average like the last six to eight weeks of training, figure out where your mileage has been at, just average it out, Um, take the total mileage for the last eight weeks and then add it all up, divide it by eight and whatever that number is, that should really be your starting point. Um, And then you can also look back at the last eight weeks of training. How many days a week were you running? Um, Like add them all up, right? So if the first week you ran four days, the next week five days, just add up how many days you ran over the course of that eight weeks, divide it by eight. 
And that's gonna give you basically how many days per week you should be running and then also your total weekly mileage. And so you really wanna keep in mind, you're starting out where you're at. So it doesn't really matter if a year ago you were running 60, 50 miles a week. Um, it doesn't really matter if four months ago you were running 60 miles a week, right? It really matters what you have been doing in the last eight weeks. And so if in the last eight weeks you've really only been running like 20 miles a week, um, but in the past you have ran, you know, 50 miles a week, maybe you can increase a little bit more um, dramatically than someone who's never ran that type of mileage, but you still need to start where you're at and slowly increase from there. Um, we like to use the 10% rule. So if you're at 20 miles a week and you have that history of running 50 miles a week, you're still gonna wanna only increase by like 10, maybe you can stretch it to like 15, 20% a week. It really depends on how long ago you were at 50 miles a week. So if it was more like, three or four months ago that you were at 50 miles a week, maybe we can increase by 20% each week. But if the 50 miles a week was like two years ago, we're gonna really limit and not increase more than 10% per week because two years is a long time. Your body doesn't remember that stress um, as well and it's gonna take you a while to really make those adaptations again. Um, and even if you're someone who's never ran more than 20 miles a week and that's what you've been averaging the last eight weeks, we are going to just increase by no more than 10%. So that's one rule you really wanna keep in mind is do not increase more than 10% per week. And then I used to think that you could just increase indefinitely 10% every single week and then you know just increase as much as you want. But then I learned about the deloading or the mm. cutback week. So Jason, talk to me a little bit about the cutback week, how often should you be doing them? Why is it important? Yeah, it's a definitely kind of a loaded question. You know, looking at a person's training, we would look at like any races that they have laid out. Obviously, it's always nice to look ahead to kind of see, you know, how many opportunities do we have for building versus cutting back and all that. And so typically most runners, it could be every other week for some runners, but typically it's a two week build or a three week build if you're more advanced runner and then a one week cutback. And so you know, let's say you're averaging like 30, 35 miles during your build weeks. Um, you know, some of those might be 33, some might be like 40. Um, your cutback week is going to be right around like 30 to 26 miles, somewhere in there. So it is going to be a significant chunk um, that you're going to be reducing. It might be no long run for that week or, um, you know, just a, your workout might be just like a four mile progression instead of like a six mile interval workout, something like that. And so you're going to see significant reduction in overall mileage and intensity during that cutback week. Right. And I think it's really important to know that it really depends on how often you're cutting back too. So if you're doing a cutback week every four weeks, you might be cutting back to like 70, 65%. So if during those four weeks of build, you were at like 36, 38, 40 and 40, when you're on that fourth week, you might actually be cutting back to something like 28 miles um, because you've been building for a longer period of time you might need to be a little bit more dramatic with your cutback whereas if you're doing a cutback week let's say every other week you might only cut back like five percent mm -hmm. of your mileage so you might go from like a 40 mile week down to like a 33 
back up to 40, down to 33, that sort of thing. So it really depends on how you're going to be framing up that training. Um, And it really depends on the athlete, like what sort of build and cutback can you, um, can your body tolerate? What we typically do here is two to three weeks of building followed by one cutback week. Um, That can really vary based on people's careers too. So I find that some of my nurses who have more of like a shift work type of position, maybe three um, to four days per week are their shifts. And then like the next week they don't, I don't, I don't really know how the schedules work, but sometimes it's like they're only running three days a week, one week, then the next week all of a sudden they can run like five days a week. So naturally with their work schedules, it just kind of comes in that every other week is like a cutback week, which works really well. Whereas other people who work a more like stable corporate sort of steady, consistent schedule, um, we might just do like the three weeks of building, one week cutback. And sometimes these cutback weeks can fall really nicely um, for people who are, maybe if you have a vacation, right. you're traveling, um, big events, that sort of thing, you can almost kind of rearrange them to fit in your schedule, right? So I'll sometimes do, okay, two weeks of building, then I'm going on vacation and I'm going to have like a bigger cutback week, then I'm going to do three more weeks of build, right. then I'm going to cut back because it's a super busy work week. So I'll almost schedule my cutback weeks based on like my really busy weeks um, for work or family stuff, um, if that makes sense. Just because you want it to really fit with your life, right? So you're a person first, a runner second. So that's really one way where you can make running kind of work in your favor and still have that really big consistency piece during your busier times of the year, right? So like during Christmas, I know that's a huge time where people just like completely take off because they have that like black or white thinking. Whereas we could do, okay, let's do like a cutback week or let's do two cutback weeks around holidays. Then we can kind of build back up. And that really helps with overall consistency throughout the year. Because if you're allowing yourself every two to three weeks to have those cutback weeks, your longevity can really go a lot longer. Um, then if you're just trying to grind it out at like your peak um, sweet spot mileage all year long, right? Yeah, I, you know, the cutback week can look so different for every athlete. Um, I like how you mentioned that, that for some athletes, it's the mileage drop may not be as much for others, um, depending on kind of their experience, weekly mileage, all of that. And then two, same with the intensity, right? Like the maybe the cutback for one athlete who's more advanced is, the mileage is actually still similar, but there's no workout that week, you know, and so that kind of gives them that break. Um, and then two, you know, no training plan should be set in stone when these things do, uh, you know, happen. Like, um, you know, you get busy with work or let's say you get sick, right? So you have to instantly kind of maybe make that your cutback week and then kind of readjust going forward. And so that's kind of why it's nice that we, we like to only map out the training about four to five weeks out in advance just so that, um, you know, that's the struggle when you do a 16 to 20 week plan is that it, everything can kind of get thrown off. And so it's really nice to be able to have that ability to adjust. Right. And that comes to a really good point. A lot of the times when people sign up, we do like one month of training, right? So we all do everything in one month blocks. And sometimes people will be like, can I have the whole plan up front? And sometimes that works really well for people who love following a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, they can be really consistent. We do have quite a few people who are like that, but there are also people who are kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum where it's like the consistency is harder for them. And so 
it really takes some fine tuning of like, okay, let's adjust your weekly mileage because we want to make sure you're being able to be as consistent as possible. Because if you kind of miss the mark on weeks one and two, then it's like it affects weeks three and four. And we want to make sure that you're having the most up-to-date possible training so that we aren't faced with a plan that's maybe outdated and wasn't able to predict where you'd be at 10 weeks ahead, right? And so many things can happen within six to 10 weeks of a training cycle. It's really good to just take it week by week, right? And make adjustments as you go because things do come up and sometimes the mileage doesn't increase as fast or sometimes we miss one of those long runs and we want to know how can we make those adjustments and move forward and not miss um, the important parts of training. So one of the questions that often comes up when someone signs up or they're looking to run a marathon, right? So they got a marathon in like 16 weeks. They'll be like, what is my what is my peak mileage going to be? What's my peak long run going to be? That's usually questions that come up four to six months um, out from a marathon. So what is the maximum that you like to increase mileage within one training cycle? And what sort of advice do you have for people who are kind of staring down the barrel of like a 16 week training plan right now, trying to assess like how high can I go? Is that the right (laughs) approach? Man? Yeah, it's a loaded (laughs) question. I think you got to do your homework. You got to do the extensive, like learning about the athlete's background, um, what, you know, what they've done for previous training cycles. And then especially what does their last two months look like? And then you'll just find that mileage kind of sweet spot, that average number that you're going to start with and then kind of build from there. Uh, and then, you know, depending on how they're feeling during training, I think that's really the key, right? If, if like they're staying healthy, they're not getting sick, they're feeling like they're responding to the workouts well, and they're not, their legs aren't tired the next week and all that, then you can probably get away with a more aggressive build. But for some people, you know, they're going to, they're going to tell you that something's starting to maybe feel not right, or they're just feeling a little bit run down. And so for that person, I might kind of scale it back. So it's really hard to give like an average number. Um, but you know, say for example, if you come in, let's say 25 miles a week, it's like your average, right? So, um, we'd start you at that, you know, just by, just by adding like that, that long run, if you're starting to build up your long run from 10 and you're going to get up to like, let's say 18 to 20, um, that alone is going to give you like an extra six to eight miles, you know, for that, for the weekly total. And so, um, just by increasing the long run over time. So it's kind of a, you know, definitely a loaded question. Um, as far as like how many long runs to do or what would be the longest run, again, I would look back at previous training cycles. Um, I would see uh, what, how long did they have they ran prior to that. Also, their, what is their pace, right? Because time on your feet is going to become a factor mm. if they're running, you know, if their easy pace is 8 to 9 versus 12 to 13, that's going to make it different, the answer different, you know, based on how long they're going to be out there. Because I'm going to cap most of the long runs at two and a half, three hours max. And I know a lot of athletes want to run a 20 miler, but sometimes they they don't all need it right and I think that brings up a really good point right so everyone's going to be so different and it's really hard to like predict in the future and obviously we could mathematically figure it out pretty easily right so if you're at 20 miles per week you do 10 percent for three weeks you cut back for one week you just keep increasing right so in like a perfect world in a vacuum we could give you like an exact answer but the problem lies in 
life and training doesn't happen in a vacuum. And so you get maybe six weeks into the plan. Um, we want to make sure that athletes feel like they can listen to their body and not feel like they have to hit this random arbitrary number that we gave to them kind of at the beginning of the cycle, right? So we don't want there to be like this hyper focus on, oh, I have to run 20 miles or I have to hit like 50 miles in this training cycle because that's initially what coach thought in the plan. Because really what's better is if you're listening to your body if you're taking it at the rate your body can handle and we're able to make adjustments as we go because everyone's body is just a little bit different and everyone has things that happen to them within a training cycle that can impact your training, right? So maybe you get sick, maybe your kid gets sick, maybe your kid has to have surgery, maybe um, you fall on ice and you have to you know, take a couple of right. days off. There are just so many things that can happen and we'd hate for one of these events to happen and then you put this added pressure on yourself of I need to like make up for lost time or I need to still hit these arbitrary goals because at the end of the day that's really all it is. It's an arbitrary number and sometimes we get really caught up in that and even for myself and my own training, um, I don't even know what sort of mileage that I'm going to peak at for my upcoming training cycles because it's like I really need to figure out how I'm feeling in that peak week. How do I feel throughout the training? And that's really gonna be the biggest indicator. Like if I feel I'm not able to hit my paces in workouts or if I feel that my legs are just really, really fatigued, I'm gonna back off the mileage. And if it's not higher than the previous training cycle, that's totally okay. And it's all about, can I do these quality workouts? And I think sometimes we lose sight of those quality workouts um, and we really focus more on the mileage. So talk to me a little bit about the quality workouts that you would include in a training plan and why that is so important because sometimes people are like, well, the only thing that matters is mileage. Right. But that's <clears throat> where this other factor really comes into play. And that's really what happened to me six, seven years ago. I was like, well, you know, if I run 70, 80 miles a week, I'll for sure be able to run like a low three hour marathon. Right. Um, and that is not what happened. In fact, I actually got a little slower in the marathon and I ended up running like 328 in the marathon when I was running like 80 miles a week. So I was like, this is so confusing. I'm running twice as many miles, but I'm getting slower or I'm just not improving. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that missing piece that sometimes will creep up in someone's training when the focus is off. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times you kind of open the, the podcast talking about the mileage and how that seems to be the most important factor that people think they need to do to get faster, right? Is to increase mm -hmm. your mileage. And, you know, I've had a few athletes who come to me with, and they're running fairly high mileage. Right. And, um, you know, one comes to mind, she was running like 70 miles a week. And then we sort of just kind of realized that around 60 is kind of a sweet spot um, where, where we're actually able to do more harder workouts than what she was doing at 70. And so kind of you know, we did see a big half marathon PR of six minutes. And I think that the the secret here is like, if you can increase your speed, you know, and run faster over any distance. So take like the mile, the 5k, the 10k, the half, um, your, it's going to be easier to run. It's going to feel even easier to run a faster pace. Um, so her easy pace has actually gotten faster over the last year as, it, as when it was when she was running the 70 miles a week. And so, um, yeah, I think depending on what the athlete's goal is, if they're trying to run, you know, 5K, 10K, or marathon training, you're you're structuring the workouts to target um, those systems, right? And so 
the big missing piece with this athlete I thought was the, the threshold running. Um, mm-hmm. And then the marathon pace work. There seemed to be quite a bit of like sort of steady state running, but there wasn't a lot of like threshold. And so yeah. we sort of just started cramp- cramping down on that and then um, gave her the occasional speed workout as well because I knew she had speed. And so that was something that benefited her. And I think that other athletes, you know, finding kind of what is their um, their weakness and their strength and then just sort of, um, yeah, manipulating the training to find out how, how does it impact the athlete and how do they feel. Yeah, I do find that really interesting how you talked about the outcome, right? So she had a six-minute half PR running less mileage. And I've definitely experienced that myself as an athlete. I ran a half marathon 11 minutes faster than what I did back when I was running, you know, 70, 80 miles a week just because I was like trying to load in these miles and it just didn't yield the results. And I was like frustrated, but it's because I was missing these quality workouts. And so we really want to make sure that every run we're doing kind of has a purpose. Um, Sometimes when we get really caught up in this weekly mileage, other things start to get thrown out, right? So what is the end goal? Is the end goal to really get faster, stress the right systems, and focus on the process, or is it to run as many miles as we can? And back in you know 2016, I kind of was in that second camp of my goals were more in line with running as many miles as I physically could, um, which is fine. You know, some some people maybe that is your goal, but then I had this like disconnect because my actual goal I wanted to have performance goals and so if you have performance goals you have to make sure your training is in line with them and so what that means for a lot of athletes is finding that mileage sweet spot sometimes that means increasing your miles sometimes that means decreasing your miles and so some of the signs that I was doing too much personally I'm kind of like you alluded to with your athlete is that I wasn't incorporating workouts um, or I was getting slower at workouts. I was racing slower times um, despite working more. Um, Elevated resting heart rate, elevated heart rate on training runs. Um, Just those are some of the signs that maybe you're doing a little bit too much. So if that's you and you've been in that place for probably over a month or longer, consider cutting back by like, man 25 percent see how you feel after a month of doing that sometimes you might need to cut back even more closer to like 50 percent but the idea is we want to get that pop back in the legs we want to get you to a place where you're able to do one or two quality workouts per week so that means doing something at threshold pace um, maybe something a little faster just depends on what you're training for and then if you can consistently carry that mileage and see improvements with your running while also being consistent, not feeling burnt out or injured, then you know you're at a really good spot. Yeah, going back to the consistency piece, right? Because, you know, if you were consistently running 30 miles during like an off season and you're up to 40 kind of during your training phase, um, you didn't have to make up that lost fitness, right? So you're, the workouts, you're going to be at a higher level of workouts right away as opposed to having to start over, right? And so, um, yeah, that the workouts are really important, and I think that sometimes they're almost more important. I know for me, thinking back to like college days, I know um, I always thought I was racing myself into shape, and I thought that that kind of helped me. So I, I kind of started to uh, underestimate the mileage and mm. overestimate like the workouts. And then as I kind of reached my my peak times, I realized, okay, I'm gonna have to actually increase my mileage if I want to get faster because I'm kind of maximizing everything with my speed. And with my like you know interval sessions and all that 
what's the missing link for me now it's increasing mileage uh, but for mm. most adult runners who are running like a half marathon or a marathon um, I think the missing link for them is the speed component or just like that you know some somewhere within that workout um, um, world so it could be the threshold it could be you know a combination of the two and so um, yeah I think and it, you got to be careful. You can't increase your mileage. Um, go somewhere you've never been before on the mileage spectrum as well as um, challenging yourself in, in way, new ways with workouts too because that could be a recipe for an injury or a sickness. And so you kind of have to balance the two. Right. It's definitely a balancing act for sure. And we want to make sure that we don't overdo it. And that's why it's really important to focus on that 10% rule and not overload your body. And there's also some runners who I hear the feedback from on social media that no matter what I do, like I always get injured or anytime I increase my mileage, I always get injured. Well, that could be a sign that you found your mileage, your sweet spot mileage already and you don't need to increase. But another factor I really like to look at before we just make that assumption is how fast are you running your easy days, right? So... Are you running at the correct easy pace? Because you're not going to be able to increase your mileage if your paces are not being run at the correct pace, right? So an easy run is gonna be two to three minutes per mile slower than 5K pace. And that's like the speed limit. So that's the maximum. A lot of the times you're probably gonna be running even slower than that. So three minutes per mile slower than 5K pace or slower for your easy days. And see how that feels and sometimes people will say like I can't physically slow down um, that's a very common phenomenon that people feel um, is accurate but it just takes some discipline of going a little bit slower making some adjustments to your expectations of like how the runs are going to feel and just leaning into like the discomfort that is the new sensation of running at that pace versus what's your typical easy paces it can feel different it can feel kind of slower and monotonous but that's really um that sweet spot where you're going to be able to maybe make mileage increases possible it just we want to make sure you're doing the correct easy pace because otherwise there could be another reason why you're being held back mm-hmm. yeah if you're injury prone runner kind of like myself it seems like the older i get um you're you, you do have to be a lot more cognizant of the, the mileage increase, right? It has to be more gradual. You can't just maybe bump up like you used to be able to do or like maybe someone else in your running circle of friends does um, because you are different. And, you know, you could start thinking about what else could I do that could help support my running. Mm-hmm. Um, there could be cr- forms of cross training or you could focus more on like strength training. Um, doing all those little things because that could help kind of give you actually more bang for your buck than increasing the mileage ever could. And so... It really comes down to figuring out um, what's right for you, and um, you know I I am not the greatest at com- playing a comparison game to my prior previous self, you know, in different years of my life when I was more fit, running faster. Uh, but I just have to remember, like this is where I'm at now, and I just want to continue to be a little bit better um, this week than I was maybe a month or two ago. And so that's kind of how I help get past that. I know some people. Um, I, I work with a lot of athletes, right, who have PRs from 2008, 2012, right? And so they come back and they want to get into it. And it's like mm. they expect right away to like PR like this year. And it's like, well, that'd be great. But, you know, it is going to require some work. It's going to require patience, consistency, smart training. You know, all of these things have to be um, in line in order for you to um, reach the, your goals. And so just just be um, 
you know aware that there's a lot that goes into your training and you know fun topic for sure but mileage isn't everything right yeah and I think that brings up a really good point is that as you go through your life cycle of being a runner like if you run your whole life or for several decades things just change and those things will impact what your mileage sweet spot is so there might be some seasons of your life where your mileage sweet spot is lower and that is probably because maybe you have more stress maybe you're getting less sleep um i know when i was in like those early years of like having very young children or having like a two-year-old and a newborn it's like you just really are in survival mode and it's not really the time where you're going to be increasing or where you're even really able to run your typical sweet spot mileage it was just more like i'm going to get out the door a couple of days a week and go for some easy runs um way under what a typical training week would look like and just being able to like hold that consistency however your current schedule allows maybe that's only three or four days a week for 30 minutes um, that consistency over time will really help you and so I think we can kind of get into that black and white thinking a lot as runners so we think oh it really won't make a difference but it actually can make a difference on how you feel um, later when you try to increase mileage right later when you are sleeping better or you want to get back into things um, you have a stronger foundation than if you would have taken a year or two completely off during those seasons where you felt like you couldn't get anywhere near your mileage sweet spot so you just kind of threw in the towel but i think it's just really important to acknowledge that these things do change and so even as you age right you're in your late 30s, I just hit 30. It's like your body is different during these seasons than when we were 20 or when you were in college, right? So you're gonna have to train a little bit different and that might look like adding in more cross training, adding in more strength training. Um, and maybe some people in their 30s are able to run more mileage than they were when they were younger just because they have more freedom and flexibility with their work schedule or their kids are older, it just really depends. And there's so many factors that really play into this and that's why it's really important not to compare because no one has the same life as you, no one has the same training history as you. Um, everyone's going through their own stressors in life that impact how much they can train. So really all you can do is focus on yourself, where you're at currently and how you can you be as consistent as possible while feeling good. And that's really that end result is focusing on that consistency piece and finding a way to really focus on the process there. So if you are ever interested in seeing what a week of training looks like while working with a coach and we can really assess like where your current weekly mileage is, find that weekly mileage sweet spot with you hop on a phone call with your coach we'd love to get to know more about you and get you set up with a free seven-day trial so if that's something you're interested in you can fill out the form at www.runforprs.com and we can get you set up with that free seven-day trial again that's www.runforprs.com thanks for tuning in